Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners to this special edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. What you're listening to right now is just one part of a multi-part event that spans four different shows. In this cross-show collaboration, we will endeavor through a bracket-style debate tournament to determine the greatest movie ever about Generation X. Each of the four shows, including GXG, will argue eight films and choose only two from our quadrant of the bracket to move on to the finals. So after you've heard this episode, we invite you to head over to Society Owes Me a Gen X podcast for the Southern Bracket, Project Gen X Pod for the Eastern Bracket, and Gen X Mixtape for the West. Now, of course, links to all of those shows will be available in the show notes for this episode or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ultimately, this cross-show event will culminate in a battle royale where hosts from all four shows get together in a finale episode to whittle the Elite Eight down to the tournament winner. Okay, let's get this thing started. On behalf of Mo, George, and myself, John, we all hope you enjoy this collaboration event. Welcome to the Greatest Movies About Gen X Tournament Challenge. Not even supposed to be here today. Dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. And you see us as you want to see us. In the simplest terms, with the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a brain and an athlete and a basket case a princess and a criminal does that answer your question sincerely yours the breakfast club ours is a story that can only be told across multiple podcasts and decades ten where have you been for ten years I freaked out, I joined the army, I worked for the government, I went into business with myself, I'm a professional killer. From 80s pop to grunge and writing to finally being an adult, we will debate the best movies about the best generation ever. If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? I didn't exhale. (laughs) (laughs) Works for me. The highs, the lows, and a whole lot of dead-end jobs will be explored. Say a prayer for the youth of America. I don't know. Drugs are out. Sex is out. Politics are out. Everything is on hold. I mean, we definitely need something new. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. So join us all. Gen X Mixtape, Gen X Grown Ups, Society Owes Me a Gen X Podcast, and Project Gen X because no one else is looking out for us. 
And without further ado, the greatest movie about Gen X begins now. Or whatever. Joe, it's Rex Manning Day. What, no applause? You met me at a very strange time in my life. Hey there, this is John from Gen X Grown Up, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, George. Hey, George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And of course, Mo is here with me. Hey, how you doing, guys? I'm doing great. If you have not heard of Gen X Grown Up, we put out, in addition to a YouTube channel, we have a weekly podcast covering uh, tech toys, pop culture, games, movies, anything from the Gen X era. Uh, and we're happy that both uh, Alan and Big Dave invited us to participate in their <laughs> March Madness, April-ish Madness, I guess, whatever it's, it is. Yeah, Brackety. March Madness is over, so. <laughs> Movie bracket madness, let's call yeah. it that. Love it. Yeah, there Love you it. Go. Let's do it. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we are happy to participate in this with the other Gen X themed shows. And, uh, so they provided us with our own quarter of the bracket. Yes. It's our job. Uh, as I understand from you sports competent people, <laughs> that it's our job to get down I to just a couple. That the yeah. guy who knows nothing about sports <laughs> or brackets or any of that stuff is the one leading the discussion. <laughs> well, here's the good news. I'm also not the biggest movie buff. Both Mo and George oh, are much bigger movie buffs here. What are you even so, doing on the podcast, man? Mo and I should just do it. It's my job to get you started. <laughs> You're not wrong. All right. So, hey. Without further ado, why don't we get into the first matchup? We're provided with this bracket. We have four matchups that we'll get down to two matchups to get our contribution to the Elite Eight in this bracket. So, Mo, you want to introduce the first matchup? Sure. So in the first matchup, we have Fast Times at Ridgemont High Mm -hmm. going against Before Sunrise. Yeah, what did it even matter? The second one didn't matter at all. <laughs> you said fast times at Ridgemont High. That's the end of the discussion right there. I will there. say this. The second one could have mattered, but not with this movie. I mean, That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Could have maybe mattered against the Muppet movie, possibly. <laughs> when <laughs> you hear of like iconic Gen X films, like Before Sunrise, though it is probably, it is definitely a more critically acclaimed film and better acting and producing whatever. It just doesn't strike me as like a big Gen X film. No. I mean, Fast so Times is Fast crazy Times good. in our bracket, in our part of the bracket, like in, for basketball terms, John, this would be like the East region or the West region or something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, it would okay. be that part of the bracket. Okay. Fast Times at Ridgemont High would be the number one ranked team in that bracket. Mm. Which it is on their list. You know, they did rank it as number one. They did rank it? Okay, so it had a ranking. Right. Yeah. There's a reason why it has that ranking. That explains yeah. it, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I never saw it before Sunrise. Have you, either of you guys seen this movie? I've never uh, even seen it mm-hmm. until I, I saw it on this I've list. Yeah. And I got it, watched the first... Uh, <laughs> I can't tell you how far I got into it, but not very. It's just... It didn't do it for you. Ethan Hawke film? Three guys, we're not going to pick this movie. It's just no way in hell this movie was well, never going to get so picked. <laughs> I know that most of the listeners listening probably know Fast Times at Ridgemont High, but yeah. somebody give, since I haven't watched it, somebody give me a summary of what that Before Sunrise movie oh, is about. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, it's oh, actually God. Good. It's going to pay me <laughs> to read this, start. but I will, read, I, I will read the description of the movie, okay? <laughs> yeah, go for it. A young man and woman meet on a train in Europe and wind up mm-hmm. spending one evening together in Vienna. Unfortunately, both know that this will probably be their only night together. It's like a will they, won't they touring Europe, get to know each other. They both broke up with their boyfriend, girlfriend. Why are we spending so much time talking about before sunrise when it's clear? Know, yeah. It's, it's fast when I reach my high. So let, let any other debate about the two? Should we just do a vote? What do you think? I mean, yeah, yeah 
if there's even a vote vote necessary, let's do it. I don't it. know. I say fast times, George. Yeah, fast times all the way. Mo? Fast times, fast times. Okay, so we're going to promote fast times to the Sweet 16. Yep. That's cool. George, why don't you bring us into the next lineup? Yeah, uh, so the next bash at the beach or clash at the clink or whatever, I don't care, whatever you want to title is. Uh, I've actually seen both of these films. So Hackers from 1995 and also mm-hmm. from 1995, Clueless. Uh, Hackers about a bunch of rebel teens who completely fake use technology in ways that it wasn't even closely remotely possible at that time <laughs> no, to it use. Was so, it was so bad, wasn't it? <laughs> um, it did have some decent actors in it, though. Angelina Jolie and the mm-hmm. guy who played Sherlock on the TV series that he was also in Train Spotting. I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head. They were both in it. It was mm-hmm. decent film. It was okay. It was definitely an 80s, 90s film, right? It was right in smack dab in that like everything about that film felt that way, but clueless is clueless. Uh, exactly. I, yeah. I love clueless as much as I love fast times at Ridgemont high, which by the way, both by the same director, Amy Heckerling. Oh, I didn't even catch. That. Oh, see, I told you George was the movie expert, yeah. not me. I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree with you, George. Cause also if we're trying to gauge this about like what's more eighties, Clueless. I mean, they talked about like a whole. What's more eighties than two films from ninety five? Right? <laughs> yeah, I know. But, no, I get your point. Yeah. So, is this supposed to be an eighties movie debate? Because there's only a few of the movies Gen in X. here that Gen, Gen X. X. Era so they're debate. counting nineties yeah. as Gen X because we yeah. were yeah. we yeah. were in our twenties at that point. Right. So. We're not all as old as Mo. Some of us saw these exactly, wow. exactly. Right. So, but Clueless <laughs> for me though. I mean, I actually talked about the whole Valley Girl and da da da, which was a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And people talking like that. So to me, it's like, if you're thinking of like something that was cultural and Gen X and stuff, it had to be clueless. It captured a moment in time, the same way fast times at Ridgemont high did right. Fast times at Ridgemont high set in the late seventies, early eighties. You watch that film. You're back in that era. If you grew up during that time period, you know about hanging out at the mall. You remember yep. the skeevy guy who sold tickets to concerts, <laughs> right? And clueless. I, I think this, it was Mo. I it think was it was Mo. a skeevy guy. <laughs> It could have been. <laughs> and Clueless was the same way, but just for the next generation. It it was a big vehicle for Alicia Silverstone, yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you had a whole bunch of other people that went on to good great stuff. Paul Rudd came out of that film. Yeah. He did a great job in it. I mean, and you even had uh Princess Bride Inconceivable Guy, Wallace Shawn was in there. Wallace Shawn, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So great film. I think it captured a moment in time way better than Hackers did. Hackers was it was okay. I'm not going to go back and watch it. I will go back and watch Clueless. Yeah, I agree. You know, hackers I enjoy ironically now. I think when I first saw it, I fancied myself a hacker. It was the early 90s and, you know, it came out in 95, Windows Mm -hmm. 95. I mean, that was like when computing started being really mainstream. Before that, I was a hobbyist and now it's kind of mainstream. And I'm like, oh, I'm ahead of the curve. I am a hacker kind of thing. But as you said, in the hacker movie passwords are the size of the screen and you push two buttons and you see a picture and like that's not computers that's not how things work yeah i know it's like no computer works like that yeah still entertaining film it doesn't age very well clueless is goddamn clueless yeah Yeah. it's it's (laughs) it's tough all right i think we're ready for a vote on this part of the bracket okay uh we'll start with you mo oh clueless george clueless yeah absolutely clueless i think is moving on moving on to the next uh, move next level 
yep. it's going to have an uphill battle because we know what it's going up against. Yeah, we do. <laughs> it's going to be a tough. That next one's going to be tougher, but that's the that's next a little bracket. Tough. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that handles the first half. Let's move along then to Mo. What's you the next matchup for us? What's the next piece of the bracket? Sure. So actually, this one oh, it was a little tougher for me. I like both these movies. No, it's not. It's not that tough. <laughs> I don't know. The first one is The River's Edge. Oh, I think, I don't know. The first one was The River's Edge. Excellent movie. I don't care what you say. It was an amazingly good movie. But then it goes against Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which you could mm. not find two opposite movies on this list if you that's tried. That's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. For me, River's Edge, that is fucking cinema. I mean, that is a film. <laughs> that is a movie, right? Yeah. Bill and Ted, though, I just have to see the cover of that movie and I smile. It's it, it, it just a slice absolutely. of Gen X for me. Whereas River's Edge, it could have been any time. Yeah, it just, for me, I'm leaning toward Bill and Ted now. George, what, what, yeah. what do you, I mean, Moe's really kind of hyping up River's Edge. What do you think? So I'm going to, I'm going to put this in basketball terms once again. So River's Edge oh, no. is half court <laughs> offense, right? It's, it's a team who likes to come down the court, spend the entire shot clock <laughs> setting up their play for one perfect shot. That's what River's Edge is to me. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is fast break. It's moving around and running up and down the court, <laughs> doing all this crazy stuff. And Napoleon's eating ice cream with a pig face. And it's just bonkers. <laughs> There's no yep. way that Bill and Ted's back when fast court offenses were first getting developed in the early eighties, people were like, there's no way that'll ever work against the tried and true half court offense. The right? fundamentals, right? The fundamentals, the defense. <laughs> if you have not seen these films, River's Edge should beat Bill and Ted's by a mile. It's like John said, cinema versus a movie, but it's fucking Bill and Ted, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> 69 dude you've got to go with a movie who has that kind of witty repartee it's awesome i mean they guess me said there's two opposite movies both of them keanu reeves was in both movies yeah right yeah yeah i know where i'm, I'm where i'm leading towards because i mean again i'm looking at more uh i guess more fun and when i think back i don't well, think when's back the last as, time you quoted keanu reeves from river's edge though I know, exactly no, no. no i agree with you it's like i said i think back like what movie did i enjoy more which one which the river's edge i actually enjoyed more probably later when I watch it later, because mm. it's a heavy movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah. It, River's Edge reminds me a lot of the first season of the podcast Serial. Oh, it was yeah. about someone, mm -hmm. someone whose girlfriend was killed and they had the body. And remember all that stuff from the Serial podcast. If you listen to that, it reminds me of that. River's Edge is a template for that type of storyline. It's used mm -hmm. over and over again. So mm -hmm. it has a lot of street cred. But Jesus Christ, you're talking about quoting Keanu Reeves. He quotes himself from Bill and Ted's in other movies that he's in later on, Whoa. like in Matrix when he's on top of the building and and Morpheus jumps across and he, whoa, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's just awesome. I I'm ready for a vote. Yeah, you guys I'm ready sure. for a vote? Yeah, I'll yeah. lead this yeah. one off. I'm going to go with Bill and Ted. George, what do you think? I, I got to go with Bill and Ted. It's close, but I got to go with Bill and Ted. Mo. It's same. Yeah, same. It's close for me. But again, I'm thinking about what am I going to think about as a Gen X movie growing up? I'm thinking Bill and Ted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this one's the uh, this one's a proverbial buzzer beater. Did I use that right? You did. This one, <laughs> yes! yes. Oh my god. <laughs> this one has one. a last second shot buzzer beater. Yes, <laughs> it might have even gone into overtime if you've ever heard of that. I have heard of that. Yes. <laughs> that means they have more time on the clock. I think. Yeah, that, that does. Yes, because yeah. they were tied. Regulation is over. <laughs> All right, uh, George. Why don't you move us into our last initial pair up of two? What do we got? Yeah, so we got um, we kind of split the decades here. We've got one from 1984, Repo mm -hmm. Man, mm -hmm. and we've got one from 1991, 
Boys in the Hood. Oof. I hope everybody's seen both of these films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know which one is the clear winner in my mind. <laughs> the clear winner. Yeah. yeah, I have a clear winner in this one for me. Okay. And I say clear winner. I'm not really sure what we're judging these on other than just <laughs> yeah, what we really? like. Because <laughs> we haven't really <laughs> said. I know the guys from Project Gen X, they had like some criteria for us to look at, like sound score or mm-hmm. timely. I don't know. But I'm just going with what I like. So for me, I know which one of these two I like the most. But John... I want to start with you. What do you think about these two? I'll start. Yeah. So I like Repo Man because it has a little sci-fi slant. I enjoy the film in the way I enjoy Bill and Ted in that it's a lighter film Mm -hmm. that it's fun to rewatch. It's not as whimsical as a Bill and Ted, but it's for almost the opposite reason that I chose Bill and Ted over River's Edge. For me, I would choose Boys in the Hood over Repo Man. I said, you know, River's Edge is more cinema. It's, it's a little darker. There's heavier tones going on where Bill and Ted is a feel-good thing. Repo Man is not quite as that as Bill and Ted is. But Boys in the Hood, not only, it is cinema again, but it's also <laughs> a well-produced and structured film with fantastic writing. But the soundtrack from Boys in the Hood is one of the things that if this was the buzzer beater here, the soundtrack for me is what would put it over the edge. While I enjoy both films, Boys in the Hood is already ahead for me. And then it's soundtrack. I mean, you've got Nucleus in there. You've got, you know, with Jam on it. There's just so much great stuff. Hip hop from that era. I'm not hip hop in it. Uh, so I, I'm leaning really toward Boys in the Hood. What about you, Mo? Okay. So I have very, very fond memories of Repo Men. Mm-hmm. It was a weird, low budget, underground movie very much a cult classic movie that was right, you know, 84, you know, it was like one of those things like in high school, if you saw Repo Man, you were kind of, that was like the cool thing. Cause you know, not everybody saw it. Cause again, it wasn't playing in all the major theaters. It was playing these like weird little theaters and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a weird story. The whole movie is actually kind of bizarre. You think about it, but then you look at boys in the hood, like you said, it's a better movie for sure. Much better, just well done on all fronts. And again, think about like, what is a Gen X movie? You know, it's like, you know, Boys in the Hood was, again, talking about like a time and a place that was in the news that was being talked about and was very much part of culture. A lot like Clueless was a slice of that Gen exactly. X era exactly. life, but the Valley Girl part of it, you know? Right. Yeah. And Repo Man, not so much. It was just a weird, quirky movie, you know? So yeah. I'm leaning toward Boys in the Hood. All right. Let, let's close the loop, George. You had a pretty clear, decisive. <laughs> have, we, have we set up an argument or are we no, in alignment? No, no. I think we're all on the same page. Um, So... <laughs> All of the films, oddly enough, that I considering what I think is going to go through, have all been cultural, historical looks at mm-hmm. specific mm-hmm. time and place or mm-hmm. specific groups of a time and place, something that stuff that we can relate to. And I yeah. don't think that that goes unnoticed. In this case, Boys in the Hood was absolutely by far the better film. I liked Repo Man. I'm with you, Mo. I enjoyed it. It was fun. I can still go back and watch that movie once in a while. But you're talking about John Singleton, one of his first breakout hits as the director. You got Cuba Gooding Jr. You've got Ice in there, Ice Ice Cube. Cube. You got Lawrence Mm -hmm. Fishburne. You got Angela Bassett, Regina King, even. Yeah, amazing cast. An embarrassment of riches in talent. Yeah. And before some of those people were even as big as they became Mm -hmm. a few years later, Mm -hmm. it's beautiful writing in that film 
it's heartfelt. There's tragedy. There's drama. There's even a little bit of comedy here and there with some of the stuff that ended up spawning mm-hmm. off other films like Friday and things of that nature. Um, this was kind of, for me, the cultural touchstone of that whole film movement that looked at Southern Los Angeles culture in the 80s and 90s. And I think if you've got it in a bracket, it absolutely deserves to make it into the next round. Yep. I think it's pretty clear. I mean, I will run the vote just for formality, but I think we pretty well <laughs> laid it down. So George, just very clearly, you said Boys in the Hood, Boys right? in the Hood. Absolutely. That's my vote as well. Up against Repo Man. What do you say, Mo? Yeah. Boys in the Hood. It's got to be. Boys in the Hood. All right. Boys in the Hood defeats Repo Man and we'll move ahead now into the Sweet 16. That was easy. <laughs> that part yeah. was not so tough. Yeah. <laughs> And actually, this kind of goes with like, unless it was an upset, that's pretty much the way most of these brackets work. Like the first one's usually pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the yeah. way they mostly work in basketball. Every yeah. now and is then it? a 32 seed beats a one seed. Right. And that's it doesn't weird... happen that often. But every now and then, like just in basketball this past year, Kentucky got beat out by some college that oh, yeah. was smaller than TCC. Yeah. A lot of people so lost how a lot of money. They even made it to the tournament, nobody <laughs> right. knows, but they beat University of Kentucky, the perennial favorite. Yeah. Yep. Right. So, when Bob's college just playing Duke, they just buy tickets for in and out one day. They like, don't plan yeah, on being around. College is just like, give us the bonus for just making it to the tournament. Yeah. We're happy. showing up. Yep. <laughs> hey, mom, I'm on TV. You know, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was the guy who got the other guy jumped on top of me to slam the ball down. <laughs> look, look how hard he dunked on me. I'm on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show, too. It helps more than you know. All right, so we have two matchups now. We got the eight down to four. That's two uh, more matchups. I'm so not looking forward to this one. Whew, all right. Well, I don't like doing either one of these. Yeah, no, these either. are tough. All right, Mo, why don't you set us up the matchup we have established based on our previous round? <sighs> what are we looking at? Okay, so we have Fast Time at Ridgemont High going against clueless mm. i don't know how you pick between the two they are the same film by the same director about two different periods of time but yeah. one's more like a upper class versus kind of lower class you know rich school or poor school sort of thing sure mm-hmm. but still they're both high school you know yeah they're both high school age groups mm-hmm. one happens to be late 70s early 80s the other one happens to be 90s I mean, let me try to drive a little wedge here because I have an opinion. I'm leaning one right. way or the other. Okay. So let me tell you my reasoning. I'm actually leaning toward Clueless. Okay. okay. And the reason for that is, and 
it's not super crystallized in my mind, but the feeling that I have is that looking back, Fast Times, just while it is a coming-of-age film, while it it is an enjoyable film, especially in the air when we watched it, for me, that film does not hold up as well as Clueless does looking at its respective slice of Gen X era hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I, Fast Times is, it's not the same as The Breakfast Club by any stretch, but it's its a similar coming of age, kind of around high school kids that are too old to be playing high school kids <laughs> going on there. But I think Breakfast Club did it better than Fast Times did. So I always, I always kind of look at Fast Times as, as a rung down from some of the more classics like that. But Clueless just feel it holds up better. I feel like it holds up better. The story it tells to me is better. It's less kind of a sophomoric humor and it's more emotional kind of click high school kind of um, drama in it with mm. an enjoyable film wrapped around it. So I'm kind of leaning that direction. I don't know if that helps or hurts mm. your decisions at all. What are you thinking, Mo? I- I'm actually leaning the other way. I'm leaning more towards Fast okay. and Ridge well, High. That sucks. Oh, that's tough. Okay. <laughs> but Clueless was a movie that actually surprised me because I was expecting to see a really just stupid comedy. Stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't. It was actually a really, intel- Smart like a really good movie, right. a really good comedy. Right. Whereas Fast and Ridge High definitely lived up to what everyone thought it was. You know, you saw the trailer, you knew what the movie was about mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. What if we did Animal House in the 90s? <laughs> yeah. You know, the guy he had cut off the roof of his car, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um, and I can't necessarily put my finger on why, except that I think back and which of these two movies would I, did I enjoy more when I saw it? And it's probably that one. Because I remember mm. seeing it with a bunch of friends and it was just a fun time where Clueless, not so much for me. It's not one I definitely, is in my rotation, like every couple of years I have to watch. Mm. So I don't well, know. I mean, it's it's close. So it's very, very close. How about you, George? George, has that helped or hurt? <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, I might have a system that might help us out here because I don't think the three of us are going to disagree that both of these are favorites. We yeah, love yeah, both yeah, of sure. these films. They're both worthy. Sure. Yes, yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So since they are films by the same director and they have similar structures, maybe we can evaluate some of the parts to help us figure out which one of the holes might have the slight edge. Oh, Jesus, I'm glad you're here. Okay, wait <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's look at it like this. First of all, let's take teachers. Okay? So Fast Times at Ridgemont High has Mr. Hand. Right? Yeah. Clueless has Wallace Shawn. <clears throat> which one of those two would you give the edge to? Wallace Shawn. Okay. That's where I would go. What about you? Most thinking? He's not sure. I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. okay. All right. I'm on the fence myself. I love Wallace Shawn. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wallace Shawn is a fucking comedic genius. I love him. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Project Gen X Pod, if that goes against <laughs> the language barriers that you have, but they've got a blue button, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> the profanity thing. Yeah. I think I would probably go with Mr. Hand only because when I was in high school, I had one of those type of teachers. Okay, that's a good a point. A little bit more than I did the Wallace Shawn teacher, yeah. which they were very similar styles of teacher, but Mr. Hand was a little bit more from my era, my Gen X era growing up. All right, so Mo can come back to that one. Mm-hmm. We've got a split on the teachers. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about students. Now, I don't mean the stars because Fast Times at Ridgemont High, it's debatable on who's the star of that film. It's very much oh, an yeah. ensemble it's, it's piece. It's ensemble, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. much so. Yep. Yeah. So let's just talk about the students in in whole, right? So 
you've got Sean Penn, you've got Phoebe Cates, you've got Judge Reinhold, you've got um, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, mm-hmm. um, you've got the guy who played Rat, right? Who was the movie Usher? Mm. Oh no. You, you've got a wide group of kids that inhabited that high school and that mall. Solid. Clueless, you've got Alicia Silverstone. You got Stacey Dash. Paul Rudd was there. So, yeah, you can count Paul Rudd. He wasn't really in the high school, but he was associated with the yeah. group. Mm-hmm. And then you've got uh, Brittany Murphy. God rest her soul. Yep. So which one of those student bodies do you prefer Ugh. in those two films? John? I'd give that edge to Fast Times. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, to me, it's a little bit clearer. Yeah, I would definitely go Fast Times. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I kind of agree as well. I think I would yeah. too. All right. Damn it. You're starting to change my mind. That's okay. <laughs> George is good at that, actually. That's a good way to like dissect it, though. Okay, yeah. you have one more? Maybe this will cement it. I do. Okay. The director. <laughs> it's the same but director. It's the same director, I know. yeah. But... <laughs> Do you think Hi. she was better when she directed Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Or do you think she did a better job with Clueless? Now, I'm specifically only talking about her directing. Mm-hmm. Not talking about the writing, not talking about the editing or any of that stuff yeah. that was post or pre. I'm just talking about her directing, what she got out of her cast. Because we've talked in other shows that, you know, the director, there's been debate as to whether or not the director really makes the movie, the movie, or if the cast and other people do. So which one do you think the director did a better job getting the best out of their cast, especially considering what stages they were at in their careers at the time? Don't forget Mm -hmm. that. John, how about you? Hmm. That didn't help me at all because, it's, again, I'm going to lean back toward Clueless then, unfortunately. It's kind of close, but I, the last thing you said made it tougher, which I consider where you are in your career. I think, you know, what is this a decade later? So yeah. she was a more, more seasoned director and she had more seasoned talent to work with, but I liked the directorial what was delivered directorially in Clueless a little bit better than I did Fast Times. And I mentioned, I thought Fast Times didn't hold up quite as well. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mo, how about you? Um, see, it's this is, a, this is a kind of a tough one to compare because I'm looking like a lot of the actors she had in Fast Times were, I mean, that was like their first big roles for a lot of them. She was a relative. That was like one of her early movies, if I'm not mistaken, like one of her first ones she, she did, if I'm not mistaken. But so in that sense, I'm like, oh, for early directing debut, I was excellent. It was. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I have to say, which one she did better? I think she did a better job of Clueless. It was, it was a lot cleaner movie. It flowed a lot better. Yeah. Where do you land okay. on that one, George? Uh, so I would actually go with Clueless as well, only because I've seen interviews with her afterwards. Mm-hmm. And she was far more happy with her uh, work that she did on Clueless. And she felt at Fast Times at Ridgemont High, she was constantly being second guessed and things were being put into play, including the most pivotal scene of Fast Times at Ridgemont High, the Phoebe Cates popping out of the pool scene. She didn't want that in there. Oh, that was something that the studio no. were like pressing her we and Phoebe it. Cates to yeah, do. Yeah. Because remember, Phoebe Cates was actually under 18 when she did that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. she didn't like that at all. And that's why she refused to do anything like that with Clueless. I think she became a more powerful director and I think mm-hmm. she became better skilled at her craft with Clueless, more confident. There's one final one that we can use. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cause yeah. 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 yeah Later on this. this one kind of hits in John's realm. Uh-oh. Soundtrack. Mm. Oh, geez. Fast times. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna write down and <laughs> that tally hasn't up the points. At all. Damn it, George! <laughs> I think it did. Let me tally okay. up the points. All right, oh, you're all tallying right. us. All right, good. So sound director, background music, teachers. Now, Mo, you didn't give me a teacher's choice, so you still need to give me that. Oh, that's um, Mr. Hand, Mr. Mr. Okay, so soundtrack. We got three votes for Fast Times. Director. We had three votes for Clueless, <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 essentially. Kids, we had three votes for Fast Times. Mm-hmm, yeah. And Teacher, you gave me who, Mo? Uh, Mr. He Han. said Mr. Han. Yeah. Mr. Han. So we had two votes for Fast Times, one vote for Clueless. So with that, if we just went by points, it is mm-hmm. a score of eight to four in favor of Fast Times. I like it because it makes it feel like we have no responsibility for it. So, yeah, let's go. Fast times. <laughs> it's out of my hands. All it's I did points. was fill in the blanks. It's the points, not me. <laughs> if this were a fight, this one went to the judge's scorecard, and this yeah. is how they came out. Yeah, it's true. It Split feels that decision, way. Yeah. but fast times, I think. I don't know that there is a better way to arrive at a winner between these two, honestly. I mean, they're yeah. both. I mean, we, we talked about... You know, a couple films that were worthy. Here's two films that are really worthy. There's no yeah. question, but yeah, I wish they hadn't paired up each other at each other at this point of the bracket. I, I kind of wish that they had been yeah. a, an opportunity to be the final two, but, but it happens. They'd run into each other eventually based yeah. on their strength, I think is the problem. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I, does that mean, I think we're all in agreement. I started leaning toward clueless. <laughs> Sounds like fast times. Mo, are you in agreement? Uh, yeah, I am. George. Yeah. Okay. All right. One more matchup that we delivered based on our, what their third and fourth matchups, George, you want to uh, tip this one off? Look, yeah. A basketball thing. I yeah, did it. You hear it's me? A basketball I tipped thing. it off. I, I yeah. saw that. Huh? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Although we're halfway through the game. So the tip off is irrelevant anymore, but yeah. that's okay. Shit. Okay. <laughs> uh, this time we've got Bill and Ted's excellent adventure mm-hmm. against boys in the hood. Again, oh my God, two how do you, opposites. Oh, yeah. How do you oh, compare oh, these two? <laughs> Uh, we're not going to be able to use my previous system. No. I can tell you that much. No, no, absolutely <laughs> um, not. Although there are some similarly aged people in both films. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Both of them kind of are high schoolish age. These are much less parallel than the last two, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Oh, yeah, so they had kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, yeah. <sighs> this is a okay. tough one. This Alan, another tough Big one. Dave, damn you, men. The, yeah. This was un, an unfortunate situation you put us in. Oh, my God. Okay. I, I actually have an opinion on this one. All right. That, a, please, that'll help because, I mean, yeah, I have I'm opinions, not, but they're I'm not, not necessarily happy about this, but this okay. is where I yeah. think is. Do it. I'm leaning toward Boys in the Hood. And the reason okay. why is we talk about Gen X taking that slice out of Gen X experience and growing up and all that stuff. I have to say Boys mm-hmm. in the Hood definitely captured that. Whereas Bill and Ted was almost like that in itself was the slice. Like the film itself was the flavor of right. the eighties. Mm-hmm. Right. I got it really tell story. You know, yeah. The movie itself was not. It wasn't really. I mean, no one went to a school like that. I mean, it was just. It was all pretty fictional. Sandima's high school football rules. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I'm leaning toward Boys in the Hood. So because Boys in the Hood was a more realistic experience of the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 a good point. It's a valid point. I, you know, I'm like 51:49 right now. I'm right on the bubble. I'm I'm leaning toward Bill and Ted. I was leaning harder toward Bill and Ted before Mo. You you mm-hmm. put forth your uh, your statement there. Both of them are great slices of Gen X pop culture for very different reasons. Yeah, I you agree. know, Bill and Ted is 
the more fun Gen X experience where Boys in the Hood is the grittier, more realistic experience. And, and me being a aging white guy, I didn't have that experience, just like I didn't have the experience at Bill and Ted school. So <laughs> it, it was a slice of life that I, with which I was unfamiliar, but it also was, it made you think it gave you, uh, it gave you characters that, that weren't one dimensional. They were three dimensional characters that could have gone in any direction. You had the brothers that took two different approaches to try to, you know, better their mm-hmm. lives. You know, one leaned into kind of the the gang life, and one was working really hard to get out of it. And you had the, there's just so much in Boys in the Hood that makes it a richer overall film. Even though Bill and Ted for me is a undeniably more fun, but also a more, I don't even know if it's more of a touchstone. Now I'm leaning toward Boys in the Hood. Shit. <laughs> yeah. All right. I've rambled enough, George. Where, where are you at? Help me out here. Well, um, like I said at the beginning, there's no way to do comparables no. across storyline yeah. or characters, yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't think. I did look at one statistic that I think is a little bit interesting because both of these films were a couple of years apart. So they're they're close enough mm-hmm. to release dates that you can compare box office revenues. I think it's interesting that Boys in the Hood not only had a higher box office, 57.5 million compared to 40 million, but also had the bigger profit because Boys in the Hood was shot for 6.5 million. Bill mm-hmm. and Ted's took 10 million. So, numbers wise, only on the receipts, more yeah. people were interested and wanted to go see Boys in the Hood than Bill and Ted's at the time of release. Now, yeah. That does not include anything with the VHS rental market, which we mm-hmm. all know is completely <laughs> yeah. huge. Oh, probably, especially in the late 80s. <laughs> yes, probably doubled the box office either one of these films got you know, at the theater. When I'm talking about the people that were involved in the film, I know John Singleton's work. I couldn't tell you who directed Bill and Ted. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's yeah. I don't know here. that that person went on to have a great career. I'm going to go look it up and see yeah, if it'll right tell now. me. I'm kind of curious Some myself. guy named Stephen Herrick. Okay. Not, don't know him. Oh yeah. Legendary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, he did, he's done a bunch of movies. And when we talk about the two films, uh, of yeah. the people that were in the films, Bill and Ted had two people that went on to bigger and better things and really just one. Yeah. Really right? one. Yeah. Well, Boys in the Hood had five or six. So I think it had the higher talent ratio. No, after the fact, I will say that your money suppositions and how the actors did in the future don't weigh as heavily with me as as the work itself in isolation. Sure. It's yeah. a good data point, you know, that hey, mm-hmm. more, more money and that kind of thing. But it's only trying to skew me off of that 50-50 place that yeah. I'm on, right? Yeah. I I can rewatch both films multiple times. Mm-hmm. I can yep. watch each film at least once or maybe even twice a year going forward and be happy doing it. It completely depends upon mood. If I'm in the mood for a comedy, yeah, well, or, I'm going to watch Boys yeah. in the Hood. If I'm in the mood yeah. for a drama, I'm going to watch Bill and Ted's. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't like these two against each other. I don't like these two. So which way are you leaning, George? It sounds like you're leaning toward Boys in the Hood. I... You provided numbers that said you'd buy. <laughs> the numbers lean that way. Yeah. I don't know that those are my numbers, but they do lean that way. Uh, I didn't look at Rotten Tomatoes, so I have no idea. I, of, me right, no, I did. Don't care. Audience. Doesn't factor in for me. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I got to say... I, I'm probably going to get outvoted, but I think I'm going to go with Bill and Ted. Yeah, it's, it's, I, mean, you, I was leaning toward that in the first place. Like I told you, I'm right on yeah. the bubble here. And then Boys in Hood, awesome film, seminal yeah. film, predecessor mm-hmm. to many films of his ilk. 
Bill and Ted's multiple sequels. I'm not so sure if any of them were yeah. awesome. <laughs> Questionable <laughs> They're not sequels. fantastic, but, you know, and, yeah. yeah. But Bill and Ted's just... I don't know why I'm going to say this other than the fact that it just captured a little bit more of my heart than boys in the hood did. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I'm basing this on. It's just got a slightly higher place in my emotional drawer than boys yeah. in the hood does. Yeah. Okay. Mo, where, where are you leaning? I mean, we, we just got the pre vote. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we I'm, <laughs> I'm still leaning towards boys in the hood because as far as emotional, the end of that movie Oh, holy oh, crap. Brutal. Oh, no. Again, brutal. but a totally different experience. In yeah, the Bill and totally. Ted is an uplifting, exciting right. experience that these guys against all odds, as goofy as they are, yeah. they're, you know, slacker losers who are trying to start a band with no talent. And ultimately, they have a total science fiction craziness going on with, I mean, George freaking Carlin. Yeah, I yeah, will yeah. say one of them had Clarence Clemens. That's, I think that kind of <laughs> should end it right there. <laughs> The thing that's weighing me more towards that is, again, it's like me going to see Bill and Ted was the experience, you know, of the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing yep. the movie. I remember having a great time. I remember my friends. We talked about it and joked about it and all that stuff. Whereas Boys in the Hood seemed like it was more than just a movie. It talked about the time and what was going on in the United States yeah. around there. And I don't even deb- debate that either. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's the only reason it why. It's a it's touchstone just, film. I don't think any of us would be unhappy with either of these moving forward, it sounds like. You know, I'm okay with whichever yeah. one goes through. Yeah, yeah. me too. Me too. Yeah. Right, you ready to vote? Shall we? <sighs> Shall we do it? Yeah, let's do I, it. I mean, uh, do we need to be unanimous or are we... No, no simple I think majority it can be majority it can rules. Be a majority rules. Absolutely. It'd be a slight... Okay. I mean, it'd be a... If, like, a hair's majority really we get right down to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Okay, I'll vote first. I think I've, I've been holding off and being the last one each time. I was leaning... D- directly into Boys in the Hood and the last thing you said George was it hit your heart better and that is a very subjective thing that resonated Mm -hmm. exactly with me and so ultimately I think you swayed me back to my initial initial thought which was (laughs) Bill and Ted so I'm going to vote Bill and Ted Mo how about you? Uh, I'm still going with Boys in the Hood you know for stuff I said I I think it's uh, but you know again I wouldn't be unhappy with either one of them but Boys in the Hood is probably where no, I would I love and respect that vote. Me. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And George? I mean, I'm still flipping a coin, but I think <laughs> I'm going to, no matter which way it lands, I'm going to turn it over to the Bill and Ted side. So I'm going to go Ted. with Bill and Ted. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's it's the most and painful so cut. Close. Yeah. It's, 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 it's so very, close. It's just that they're so different. They are. And that's it, what yeah, makes it so it, tough it's, because it's both of them gorgeous. are yeah. beautiful examples of what they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, whew. Ugh, that was that took a lot of me. That hurt some. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, was either one of them get guys left over behind. Project Gen X. You guys put us through the ringer on this, and I think I think you stacked the deck. You knew it was going to happen to us, didn't you? Yeah, I, I expect that's true. <laughs> yeah, I think they gave us that before sunrise. Just give us an easy one to start with, you know? Yeah, like wall us into a false sense of security. Yeah. Oh, oh, look at this will be. <laughs> yeah, because God help us if we had gotten Princess Bride in this bracket. Oh jeez! Oh man! Ooh. Yeah, you you'd have a tough time talking me down off the Princess Bride. Oh no, Princess Bride goes all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my top five of all time. <laughs> yeah, and I'm very curious to see what's in the other quadrants. Like, what movies did they have to go through? I'm curious now. Yeah, it's uh, well. So now that we've completed this, we have mm-hmm. provided our contribution to the Elite Eight. So our two, along with three other brackets, yep. and the guys over at Project Gen X Pod are uh, going to coordinate getting us together to then do that Elite eight debate 
So uh, thank you guys for including us in the show. Yeah. It was fun. So George, thank you for your time. Yes, sir. Mo, you know, I appreciate you, buddy. Oh, man, always. Alan, Big Dave, throw it back to you guys. Thanks. <laughs> Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style. And together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling and all in approximately seven minutes.